Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 27 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real-life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make healthful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 13, Uncanny Facts About Canned Foods. And on today's episode, we're breaking down the misconceptions that canned foods are less nutritious than fresh. Hi everyone, and thanks for joining us today. We are really excited because we have our very first podcast guest with us in the studio today. (laughs) So Chef Paul Burkholder is here from Fermano Foods, which is a fourth generation family owned company located right here in central Pennsylvania. Hi, Paul. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be the first guest. The first guest? (laughs) So I'm sure you're wondering how we can make talking about canned foods fun. Um, And I think we really can. We have some really fun history in here and fun facts. So just kind of stick with us. And our goal today is to give you a fresh perspective on canned foods. Um, And we love Fermanos not only because they're local, but they have a great story. They have awesome values as a company. Um, They really believe that, you know, in creating this wholesome food, it begins with caring for the land um, as well as the people and just literally that whole process from when they plant the seed to the food that you're eating on your dinner plate. That's right. And I think it's good to mention just real quick, you know, while we're, we're definitely sharing the Fermano's love here, this is not an ad. This really just started with an idea that Catherine and I bounced back and forth um, that came to fruition thanks to the support of Fermano's. Um, you know, and really our primary motivation here is to spotlight this local company and all the great canned food they produce for our supermarket shelves. That's That's right. And we also want to mention that at the end of this episode, we are going to explain how you, the listeners, have a chance to score some Fermano's goodies. So stay tuned on that (laughs) one. Yes. We have lots of firsts here. You know, kind of our first, you know, little giveaway here, first guest. Um, So, yeah, so exciting. Uh, And really before we dig into our conversation with Paul, uh, we want to start and kind of tie into, you know, why are we talking about this now? So February is Canned Foods Month, and this is an initiative that started over 30 years ago to really break down misconceptions that canned foods are less nutritious than fresh. Right. So canned foods have so many benefits and we could go on and on, which we will. Um, just a few, they're budget friendly. They're so convenient. They can help to re- reduce food waste because they have a long shelf life. Um, personally, I think they're just really great to have on hand for last minute meals. In addition to, of course, a couple different varieties of canned tomatoes that I really do use and, and keep on hand all the time in my pantry um, for soup, sauces, and casseroles. You know, I always have canned tuna in there. Yep. There's always Pumpkin, beans, broth, uh, just to name a few, you know, is really last minute quick ingredients for, for dinners and so right. forth. And actually just talking about food waste, there was a study I just read that actually that we Americans are producing more food waste than we thought we were. Oh, so no. it's really, I know, like that is <laughs> not the news we want to hear. So that's why, you know, one of the great benefits of canned foods is that they have that long shelf life. And when we look at the nutrition difference, so if we're looking between fresh, frozen, and canned vegetables, the nutritional difference is so small. And we also know that less than 10% of Americans are eating enough vegetables each day. So really, it's more important to consume vegetables in any state than to worry about, you know, is canned less nutritious, which totally not. And fun fact, frequent canned food users have higher intakes of fruits and veggies and 17 essential nutrients, including fiber. So there's so like there is so many benefits. 
to yeah. these canned foods. Uh, yeah, I think if you discounted them, you know, and it, maybe it's not something that's regularly in your cart. I mean, I feel like that in itself is just right? a great reason to, exactly. to start stocking up more frequently. So um, before we kind of continue on, I think we're going to throw it to Paul to really dive into the Fermano's story, which I think is so fascinating. And, you know, as we kind of talked over this, I've like, I've just learned so much. I so know, I'm excited so for cool. you to share this with our listeners, too. So you're on, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so the Fermano story is kind of a fun one. I mean, it's it started in uh, 1921 where J.W. and Emma Furman kind of had a bumper crop of tomatoes. They were just local farmers who would take their food to the farmer's market and sell it. Like, that was that was how they made money as yeah. their family. Um, and they showed up, and the guy who ran the market was kind of like, hey, can you bring these back in the winter? That'd be awesome, because everyone had a lot of tomatoes that year. Like, mm-hmm. he had just had so many of all of it. And that's the one thing when you try to sell the same place where... You, you you grow and live with other people is if you had a good year, probably everybody else had a good yeah, year, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so as they kind of ran through and they went back home and they're kind of like, you know what, let's see if we can actually bring these back in the wintertime, right? So they went and they decided to can up the product that they had and they got like 360 cans of tomatoes and they showed back up come winter going, hey, buddy, here's the <laughs> tomatoes you wanted. And they're kind of like, um, oh, okay. And he, they were able to sell them, and he yeah. was able to get a good business, and it actually was the birth and the start of Furman Foods as a, as a company. And, you know, over the years, they kind of they kept with it, and they grew, and they expanded, and they, they started hiring people and expanding what they were doing. They went from jars to cans and kind of got got larger and larger. And, and at one point, as they'd gotten to where they had a pretty good spread of business, uh, a broker out of New York State came down and said, listen, I could sell a ton of your tomatoes if you were Italian. Mm. So Furman's became Fermano's because we put a little O in the end and became no the way. Italian. I did that not. We are today. I um, didn't know that. <laughs> no, I didn't know that either. I think that's such a an uh, yeah. When I first read that tidbit. story at the plant, I was like, "This is you know, you're kidding me. This isn't real." And that is the exact <laughs> that's real the story. story oh my gosh! To kind of get us back into that. So, you know, we, we started growing as Fermanos, and you know, tomatoes only grow at a certain time of the year. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of uh, adjusted and started packing other vegetables over the course. And uh, the big one that is for us now is is beans. We do like chickpeas, black beans, you know, red beans, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we serve that a lot to restaurants and the food service side of things. Yep. And, and in 2011, we became the first company in America doing that in a pouch or a flexible packaging of a fully cooked shelf stable bean which uh really kind of shot us into the future a little bit further and then just uh literally two weeks ago we rolled out a line of grains so quinoa farro Mm -hmm. sorghum those kind of things in that same kind of packaging kind of helping us lead the way again to get a bit further along i mean so you know we're we're we I think next year we'll be here for a hundred years. So it's our yeah, hundred year birthday next yeah. year, um, and we've kind of transitioned through the fourth generation of our family mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that are taking over the business right now. So it's really kind of neat to kind of watch us grow and kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, look around and just see the history actually still walking through the place and yeah. the the house that. Uh, let's put it this way: the office that the president now works in is the bedroom of J.W. who started. The no way! Oh my gosh! With. So it's, it's kind of cool. Like that's it's, it's so neat crazy. That yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Wise too, to be mm-hmm. honest, because we had our hundred year anniversary actually a couple years ago when I started working here, and it's still a family owned company. And so mm-hmm. yeah, very cool. Um, I just love the story of how they they really like thought outside the box, and they just took on that challenge of we're bringing those tomatoes it's back crazy. in the winter. Mm-hmm. Like they took it as like the guy said it as a joke, and then they actually. <laughs> it so yeah. I love that <laughs> and so the we had an opportunity to visit the Fermanos facility a couple years ago um, and we saw the entire canning process like we started out at a farm where mm-hmm. you know where they were harvesting the tomatoes and then we saw the process all the way through to them being canned 
Um, okay, my favorite part about it, and I still talk about it, because I just never considered how this happened, was it like the, how they get the tomatoes through the facility, and it's all in these like water channels mm-hmm. because it keeps the tomatoes like from getting bruised and mm-hmm. damaged. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, wow, that is really cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the process from like where the tomatoes come from and then through the facility? Yeah, so almost all the tomatoes we harvest are uh, around Northumberland. Like, they're right around. We have farms around here that we grow the tomatoes ourselves and we bring in now. To kind of support that business as it grew, we needed to kind of expand outside of the footprint we have here in terms of the the, the space we have to grow. So we have uh, some, some trusted other farmers that we've mm-hmm. kind of worked with for generations of their family as well uh, in southern Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, uh, south New Jersey. Um, about 40% of our tomatoes are grown about 20 minutes from our plant, which is, I think, really awesome. Yeah. But the other thing that's really cool is, like, it's no more than a four-hour drive to get to our place from any of the fields where we're mm-hmm. growing our tomatoes. So, you know, it's coming from, you know, field to our place within four hours yep. at the longest that it takes. And we really do a good job of trying to, like, transition that, you know, through. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we plant the tomatoes, you know, sometime around mid to late May. We start harvesting in, in July, and it, really that harvest goes from July all the way to the beginning of October. So when that first frost comes, that's when we're done packing. You're so we'll done. pack okay. up until the frost comes, which... And just my 12 years with the company has probably gotten late. It seems it's getting later and later in October every year. So that's good um, for you guys. It, yeah, it's good. We always we <laughs> get a couple extra you know, fields of tomatoes yeah. kind of pulled out. We're not worried about it so much. Um, but it is neat when the tomatoes come in. They come in the back of these big... Uh, Open top trucks, yep. which I always um, see driving around. I have to say, if you're local, you, <laughs> you may know, see them you know that. You're like, oh, those are going to you, you, you see the you see the trail of tomatoes that <laughs> fall off along the road, and you're like, oh, that must be tomato season. Um, but they pull those trucks up to these big uh, just troughs, the best way to put it, and they have this big fire hose type thing, and they're just rinsing the tomatoes. They open little trap doors on the bottom of the trailers and it rinses the tomatoes back into this trough and then the flow of that water just starts transitioning it through the plant as it goes, you know, so it after it gets past the that first little little runoff of unloading off the truck, it goes up a conveyor and goes through the first color sorter that we see. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're picking tomatoes out of a field, you're going to get the greens, you're going to get the yellows, you're, you're going to get all of them. stems, you're going to get all kinds of stuff that you don't really want to have there. And what the color sorter does, a little laser eye looks at it and then as the, the tomatoes are flying across the conveyor, they have a little jump first, like from one conveyor to the next conveyor, and it's a little puff of air that shoots down. Like, so the electronic eye sees the yellow, and then a little puff of air knows where that is, like a little mathematical equation figures that out, shoots that tomato out, gets it out of the oh way so you don't goodness. have to worry about it, and then the rest of the red tomatoes get to move on through the system and kind of move forward. Now. Once it gets past like that color sorter, it'll go through the peelers and it'll take the skins off the yep. tomatoes because no one really likes the skins as part of that canning process. And, you know, after that, it goes across another color sorter because, I mean, even though a tomato looks nice and red, mm-hmm. sometimes you peel it off and it's as yellow as the ones you just got rid of mm-hmm. not that long before, you know. So it gets those get sorted out. So yep. at that point where they're sorted out, usually the tomatoes are all pretty in pretty good shape. So they start getting split off at that point. The, the softer tomatoes will get pushed off into uh, being crushed or turned into the juice that we put around mm-hmm. the other tomatoes. And then the firmer, you know, harder fruit ends up being the stuff we use for the diced tomatoes or the whole peeled tomatoes that you get out of the cans mm-hmm. as they come through. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty interesting kind of how it goes through the whole thing. And like you said, like after it gets <clears> past <throat> that second color sorter, it literally is this long trough that is, you know, right? uh, yeah. 10 feet over your heads that just floats them across the plant as for the main reason to not bruise up the fruit so you still right. have something nice going into that yeah. finished product. 
I think that's such a great description, honestly. <laughs> I mean, as you're talking, and yes, we have been through, We've but been I think there, like so even a listener it. could like visualize all the different stuff. It's like the TV you know, show, how that. it's made, and they like show you all the factories mm-hmm. and like they go through. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was a really great description. I think you know another really incredible piece of that whole story is just how truly local the tomatoes are. That they're only traveling from 20 minutes to no more than four hours from the farm right to the facility. You know, to preserve all that freshness and that flavor and that nutrient content. So I think that's just you know incredible. Um, you know, and one thing, of course, when we talk about canned foods, you know, there's a common a cup couple different common topics that come up um you know one in particular is that canned foods have too much sodium so to be honest when it comes to the biggest sources of sodium in our diets fun fact it's not coming from canned foods um so paul maybe you can talk a little bit about that yeah so sodium is a staple of food production in general mainly because salt makes food taste good like that's just a physiological fact like there's nothing yes you can put too much salt into something but salt makes everything better if you get the right levels right yes And, and one of the biggest things with canners uh over the course of the years is that that heat process you put on something to preserve it that way is really hard on a product and it would really make things taste poorly so you added the sodium to kind of bump up what you were losing through that cook process now as the years have gone on we've gotten better as just as an industry as a whole that that we can make things taste better in that process without having to load up the sodium. So we've really kind of gotten to the point where it's not as necessary to load it up as it, as it used to be. Some mm-hmm. people still do it. It's still out there. You'll still yeah. see canned foods with high sodium levels. I have a project at work right now where I'm working on one that is super high, but that's what the customer wants. So I'm kind of working towards matching that product. Um, but for like our personal, our products that we use that we're selling under the Fermano's label, like we've really made it a point to kind of keep that sodium level down. And we went to the point where we wanted to have them be low sodium. So what we've done is we've switched our salt in all the products to a low sodium sea salt. Now, sea salt in general is not lower in sodium, so don't. I mean, there's people who think that thought that along the right, way. Right. Yeah, and, that's a great you know, clarification. Yeah, that sure is. That Thank you. Know that this is special, and it's special in the fact that like we take that sodium chloride mixture, and it's bound with potassium and magnesium to kind of help heighten that salt perception, and it really gets to where it, you get, you know, for half the amount to put in, you get perception of double that amount that's there. And it, it really is a great way to kind of, you know, keep sodium levels down, but keep flavor up where we want them to be because we all want to buy stuff that tastes good. And exactly. That's, you know, yeah. That's pretty key to the whole thing. And, you know, my little like fun thing I like to talk about with our our salt is if you open a can up and you just taste it like that, it tastes one way. It tastes fine. It's good that way. If you heat it up, the sodium actually perception comes up a little bit higher. So if you take the same can and heat up half of it and leave the other half room temperature and huh. taste of them, it just it tastes different. And yeah. it's just neat that just something as simple as heat. That is so, so yeah, that's really interesting. And I really liked your explanation of that, that yes, sea salt and regular salt do have the same kind of sodium content and yours is this like special formulation, mm-hmm. which I think is what makes it so unique. I love that. Um, so next question, um, what about BPA? So I feel like we don't hear as much about this now as we did years ago, but I'm sure there's some people out there that are still concerned. Yeah, I mean, when it first came out, I mean, it was a pretty pretty big deal. And, you know, a lot of the studies showed it was such a high level of BPA, like, you know, that you needed to have in your system to create the negative health effects that it had. But, you know, we took it seriously when it first came out, and we took the BPA lining out of all of our cans. It wasn't necessary for the lining of a can. It it doesn't need to be there. It was just something that kind of industry standard had had it there. Right. But we've taken it out completely on all of our products because it's just not necessary. Yeah. And that's really consistent with what the Can Manufacturers Institute, you know, kind of some of their metrics say that more than 90% of food cans today are lined with BPA-free materials. So the industry, to your point of the 
standard is really that it's, it's really no longer included. Um, so next question would be, how would you respond to someone that says, I don't like canned foods because they're too processed? So, you know, we know a lot of consumers are trying to eat more clean, you know, maybe like fresh, you know, and that process has kind of a negative connotation. But mm-hmm. we disagree with that. And yeah. I think you would as well. So how would you respond to that kind of question? Yeah, and I understand kind of the idea of wanting, I mean, yes, it seems as natural as food are is the best way to eat everything. And I, I get that. But, you know, that I, I looked at this a little bit whenever we were talking about how we were going to talk about processed food. And, you know, the definition of processed food is a food that is item that has been had a series of mechanical or chemical operations performed on it to change or preserve it. I mean, and if you break that down, I mean, that's really, that's anything you it's, do to any food. It's like a you lot know, of stuff, yeah. Frozen peas, yogurt. Right, milk, really kind of put it, like put that frozen context process. around it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so it's it, it's just interesting that, you know, we, we've kind of got this negative kind of effect on it, but the reality is everything we do to food is going to be a process. It and, is. and with canning, like like Nicolas Appert developed the idea in 1805, and it took another 50 years before Louis Pasteur figured out the science behind why canning food worked mm-hmm. um, and it's, so it's like a 200 year technology that 200 year old technology that we're looking at saying oh this is too processed now or that's you know really what it is it's something that's been cooked really hard like if you want to tell me that that's your issue with canned food yeah. then I, I can understand that but the reality is you're preserving some flavor that's been there or, or, or is supposed to be there from the get-go and it was it was made to preserve food for the wintertime, right? Right, was, and like uh, back then, that was a serious necessity. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. there wasn't, we don't, we got, we're really lucky now with the amount of food that we have available. Available, to us. exactly. And, and the reality is, uh, canning was a necessity at that point in time and, and still now has a great aspect to what it does because of what it can do to help keep fresh food good for longer. Right, exactly. Um, so I love the story about how this canned foods came about. So I did a little more research on it too, and I like how you. It was it Nicholas a pear. A pear. Um, so he figured it out, but he couldn't explain why it worked. And I love his reasoning why. Like I want to be friends with this guy. He figured that if it worked for wine, why not food? And I was like, <laughs> that is just so funny, because um, he figured out that the foods needed to be sealed so the air couldn't get in, but then they also needed to be heated. And then Pasteur figured out the relationship between the microorganisms and food going bad. And actually, his name is what's used um, as the process known as pasteurization now. It was named after that guy. So yeah, and like. The- you know, with our food, we bring it in, and we have our food packed from harvest to can in 24 hours. Like mm-hmm. my my tomatoes at home from my own garden sit on my counter for five days. More than that, I, exactly. It, it, you're getting such a fresh, bright flavor out of that product when it's brought in that it, it's really, it's really, it's 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 nice. That we figured out how to do it and how we can kind of keep that really fresh richness of flavor of in-season food mm-hmm. kind of with us all year long instead of having to wait, you know, until the next growing season to get it nice and fresh and sweet again. Exactly. Well, and I think back to the nutrition piece just quickly is, you know, again, preserving foods at that state when they are at peak ripeness, and that does help to preserve nutrients, you know, so they're not traveling and, you know, kind of like out in the elements for hours and hours, you know, different things that can degrade different, you know, nutrients. So I think that's a great, like, point to also just, you know, reinforce as we continue to talk about the benefits of canned foods. Um, Now, one thing, of course, as a chef, you know, we always love to hear different perspectives. So, What's your favorite way to use canned foods? Now, I, I, I'm a little biased here because of this one. But I do, of, of all canned foods, uh, I do love tomatoes best. I mean, tomatoes are, you know, a, they're, they're, they, 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 they're concentrated nicely. Like, we all have that image of that movie or TV show where the old, you know, Italian grandma is, you know, cooking the sauce. Right. I cook the gravy over the, over the stove for six yeah. hours before <laughs> it's right, you know. And, and when you have... Th- 
canned tomatoes takes all that time out of it. Like we, when we're doing it, we're concentrating it for you and putting it in the can ready to go. So then yep. I'm just taking that, you know, canned crushed tomato and I'm adding like some fresh herbs, some fresh spices to it. You know, I'm able to adjust it to what else I'm making with it. So its versatility comes is really nice for me. Like that's what I, that's why I prefer canned tomatoes to yeah. most other canned foods. That That's the one I go to. I know I'm a little biased with who I work with, but I mean, <laughs> that's it is, okay. it's part of why I'm there, I think, yeah. more than anything else. Um, one of my favorite recipes that I, I've, I've done while I've been here is uh, this thing called a turkey tomato puff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is basically just take some ground turkey meat, brown it off. While you're browning it off, add some crushed chili flakes to it. And then we then I added uh, our uh, our Fermano's pizza sauce into it. Um, let that cook up, reduce down a little bit, and then I take that and I spread it over the puff pastry sheets you can buy over in the frozen foods department. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thaw it out. Then you roll it up like a big pinwheel oh. and you slice it down and you get these nice little like rings of you know meat and dough and you bake oh. those off and you get this little like savory bite of like spicy like tomato and and, and that buttery pastry around it it's just fantastic that like, sounds I, really good actually, right now yeah. New Year's <laughs> Eve party this last year I had all the neighbors over that's what we did is I yeah. made those little things and people just loved them and ate them up I mean it was it's just the best way to do it I mean we've if you like that recipe it is on our website fromanos.com uh, you can follow us on Facebook for you know we post recipes or different little tips things you can yeah. do with tomatoes or whatever even just I think regular food res- or regular food tips on there too right. as well. yeah, there's well, a lot of great awesome. content from you guys for but sure you and, and we'll share the, the link to that recipe you know within our show notes as well but you know we we're kind of recording this close to lunch and that just sounded <laughs> phenomenal i mean my stomach's <laughs> over here growling and again i love like honestly the flavor and even just the aroma that comes out of you yeah. know opening a can of tomatoes mm-hmm. so i digress let's talk about <laughs> what listeners are also going to be uh, excited to hear is you know we teased in the beginning that we do have a you know a really great giveaway um you know from fermanos so um let's just talk through that opportunity a little yes. bit yes okay this is very simple we can do this so here's what we need to do you have to go to your local wise markets and take a picture of yourself with a Fermano's can. Now you're not going to be able to miss these because they're the bright yellow cans when you walk down those canned tomato aisles. Then, um, if you are not already a member of our Facebook group, we want you to join our Facebook group. So it's Wise Healthy Bites. That's all you have to search on Facebook. Um, We will have a post in our Facebook group pinned to the top of the page with kind of outlining the details. And all you have to do is post that picture of you with the Fermano's can in the comments. And we're going to give you two weeks from today. So all the pictures need to be posted by midnight on Tuesday, March 10th, 2020 and then we will randomly pick three people to receive a Fermano's product gift pack with six cans of their products and then I think we can also throw in some wise goodies too so Definitely. makes sense to me yes <laughs> love <laughs> so it okay so Beth what is our takeaway tip for the week um, you know I think just kind of revisiting you know to remember that canned foods are such a nutritious convenient option and you know an easy way to get more fruits vegetables nutrients and that fiber into your diet on your plate um, and of course get to wise markets snap a picture with a Fermano's product and post it in our Facebook group for yes. your chance to win. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Paul, for joining us. Yes, thank you so me. much, Paul um, and Fermano's, for your, your support. That's <laughs> great. So you can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. 
The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.